Our scripture this morning for the message comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 34. We're still in Mark chapter 1, and we're in verses 29 through 34. As you turn to flip, just a reminder of, of what happened last week. Last week, Jesus is now in Capernaum, and he went to the synagogue, and he was teaching there. They were astonished at his teaching and authority. And then a man with an unclean spirit that was a demon came forward, and Jesus cast the demon out of him, and the people were amazed at Jesus' power. And so we pick up here in verse 29. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Let us go to him in a moment of prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's Christmas time. We're dressed in reds and yellows, except for me, right? I wore blue. But we're dressed for Christmas. There's a, there's a, a little bit extra bounce in our step, right? This happens every year at Christmas time. Almost it feels like Christmas comes just when we need it the most, doesn't it? Christmas as a season within, within our understanding of culture here in America, I find it fascinating. Uh, I enjoy people watching. I, I enjoy sitting at the airport for hours watching people go by, but it also means no one's bugging me. So there's a twofold thing, right? But people are interesting. And then when you get family together and relatives that possibly haven't seen each other in a full 12 months get together in a room again, it's interesting. You know, you've got those that tell the jokes, those who are quiet, and we all have that one that likes to stir the pot just a little, right? If you don't, it might be you. But Christmas is fun. There's joy. And there, family and relatives gather around a table, share a meal, enjoy festivities and traditions. And then, or, or they gather in a room, in a house, and, and they're sitting on the couch a lot closer than anyone ever sits on a couch except when family's over, right? And there's chairs brought in from other rooms. And you can see them. You can see some people sitting on their spot on the fireplace ledge and others on the stool or those who gather on the floor, and it's time to celebrate Christmas, so of course there are presents. Now of the family that's gathered there, there are some who are, are, are more mature than others, and we're not talking about age here, we're talking about disposition. There's some who are more mature than others who are truly there and gathered because they enjoy being together. And then there's some who are slightly immature, who are there for the presence, right? 
I'll admit, I used to be that guy. I used to come for the presents, except for the one I knew my grandma was giving me, which was generally a sweater. (laughs) Although, if she were still around and gave me a sweater today, it might be the best gift under the tree. And so, if it weren't for the presents, though, there would be some members of the family who might not even show. If there weren't the gifts, And so that is sometimes at Christmas and with families. And here in in America, Christmas has just become synonymous with just being American. There's non-Christians who celebrate Christmas all the time. And so they're celebrating this gift giving and receiving that's going on and not really celebrating Jesus. And in our scripture today, we see Jesus experiencing this for himself. On the same day that he had just been in the synagogue teaching, that they were astonished at his teaching and his authority, and he cast out a demon, and they were amazed at his ability to cast out demons. The word quickly spread in Capernaum of exactly what Jesus did and could do. The possibilities were endless. And so we read in the scripture, and we pick up in verse 32, That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. I don't know if you've ever had a Christmas celebration that big, but that sounds scary. The whole city was gathered at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And so here we have that crowd that was amazed that he could cast out a demon at the synagogue became the whole city at the door of Peter's house by sundown. Everyone wanted a piece of Jesus. Mainly they wanted a piece of his healing and power for they did not truly know him. They gathered to get from him They gathered because what he could do and that they would leave and tell others as if if Jesus were some sort of vending machine of miracles. And some pastors and teachers still treat them this way. And we call it the prosperity gospel where if you just put your money in the vending machine, you'll get the blessings that you ask for. And that's not how Jesus works. He wasn't meant to be a vending machine of miracles. In fact, Jesus says this in John 6, verse 26. Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Now, when Jesus says this, when he says, not because you saw signs, signs point to something, right? So the signs, so the miracles and the healings that Jesus does continue to point to who he is as the Son of God, the Christ, the Messiah, our Savior. But they don't come to him because they saw the signs, because they recognize who he is. They seek after him because he can give them material possession a temporary satisfaction by the filling of the loaves. Jesus knows that they cared little about the spiritual implications of his teaching and his miracles, but much 
about material and temporal things. You see, Jesus knows our heart. He was there when we were knit together in our mother's womb. Jesus knows everything about us, every square inch of our being. And he knows if we are just treating him as a vending machine of blessings. He knows if we have just gathered for the presence or if we've gathered for his presence. For you see, Jesus is about being close with us. The Christmas story is about God condescending to us and becoming Emmanuel, which means God with us. The incarnation event of Christmas, the birth of Jesus, is an intentional present of presence with us. And so it was on that day in Capernaum where Jesus is at Peter's house. After leaving the synagogue and they head to his house, it says Simon and Andrew's house. Simon is Peter and they head to his house, which is about a hundred yards from the synagogue. Instead of coming home after, after working at the synagogue, teaching and the miracles, instead of a meal prepared for them, Peter's mother-in-law laid ill with fever. That means she's so sick, she's laying down, that it was severe. They didn't have Tylenol or Advil. They didn't have these remedies. And so they told Jesus. And Jesus did what Jesus does. He came to her, and the scripture says, lifted her he reached down in the moment of her greatest need and picked her up. And it says she was healed. And then she served. See, Jesus comes close to us in our need. In those moments of great need. He is with us, God with us, Emmanuel, never leaving, never forsaking, always with us. David writes in Psalm 34, verse 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and attentive to their cry. For Jesus comes close to us in our need. And this is what happened on Christmas at his birth, that Jesus came close to us in our need. See, Jesus in, in Luke tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's a story we know well, a man who was beaten by another man and left for dead on the road. And Pharisees and Sadducees walk by him and don't offer help, but it's the Samaritan who offers help. For you see, Jesus tells that story because we are that man that was beaten and left for dead. We, we were beaten and left for dead by our sins on that side of the road. And the law and tradition passed us and couldn't save us. We couldn't pick ourselves up to save us. And so God came to us 
the incarnation. Jesus is born, Emmanuel, God with us. In our greatest need, being dead in our sins and trespasses, Jesus comes close. Right to our heart to shine his bright light, to shed his blood in our place, to be resurrected. He heals us and he lifts us up. He comes close to us in our greatest need. For you see, our greatest need isn't that in the midst of our circumstances we need some sort of vending machine of miracles. Our greatest need is that we can't save ourselves. The law can't save us. Tradition can't save us. We need a Savior. So Jesus comes close. And so as we approach the celebration of his birth, come Gather, draw near to the one who comes close to you. Not just for the gifts and the blessings, but because he came to you while we were yet sinners. For he came to you and first loved you. Be present with the Lord, for he has come for you now and forever. Amen.